listen up. This world is cuckoo crazy. <laughs> Everything is so hard to understand and to perceive its meaning and its connection <laughs> its connection to a bigger picture. And I I think that's why I love letting my freak flag fly. I'm just like yeah, I get the zeitgeist of normality, whatever, but boring and fake, you know? So go ahead and take the freak ride with me. I'm sure it's not that wild. Um, because even if you're weird, you're, you're, odds are highly likely you're just sort of skating on the, like, slight margins of acceptable behavior. I mean, you're still communicating um, in a shared language. You're still wearing clothing and odds are you're still toilet trained. You know, it's like we talk about people being weird, but they're still complying incredibly to social normality. So um, there's this phenomenon of... Um, uh, the prejudice of small differences. And this is when you see, like, the, you know, the the things like a like an evangelist and a Baptist being like, you know what? We all hate Lutherans. You know, it's stuff like that where you're like, you guys are the same guys. Like, what's the problem? You're like, well, this person needs to be dunked in a barrel of apples to be baptized, or this one has to get maced in the face with holy water. And that is so problematic because look at chapter 3, sector 4 of the Bible. Um, sorry, <laughs> this is a bit of a rant. So my point is, um, there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of static within our everyday social interactions and looking for these small differences of like whose socks match and if they are fashionable and what does that mean you know um the size of their t-shirt referencing you know what kind of music they listen to stuff like that you know and it, it it's beautiful and wonderful and I love that we have the ability to zone in on these tight distinctions, but I think they also like chalk up a greater sight. Um, so, as a dare reader, uh, there's many times when someone sits down with me and they immediately will unpack exactly what they're about. And it's funny because um, they do this usually defensively. And there's so much giveaway in it, like, like, oh, what, so this is like, you do a cold reading on me, or, and you're like, what are you doing, sir, calm down. First of all, of course I'm doing a cold reading on you, because everything that we're doing is going to be taken into consideration. It's not like just a laser beam with like, you know... I have a blindfold on and I'm like, I don't know where I am in time and space. I just have this umbilical cord to the psychic download. And then I'm going to drop down here and give you the info. Um, it, of course, you're as a reader, 
perceiving every single thing around you and the more and the more and the more. It's more, um, it's more like sonar where you're going to hit whatever nearest thing is there and then it'll reach out as far as it can go. And, um, as everything bounces back, you, you understand the shape of what you're dealing with. Um, so I want to talk about the high priestess and, um, this is, this is a card in the tarot that is the third card of the major arcana and it's represented by the number two, which I, I believe to mean synchronicity. And under the high priestess is, um, the, in the minor arcana, there's a few cards in there that to me represent true love. One, two, uh, two of wands and two of cups. And then we have two of swords and decision and two of <laughs> um, sneezes. And um, that represents travel and also other things like, well, we can get into that in later episodes, but the high priestess is really about divine intuition. It's about taking in um, all the information, but not being not letting your sight be masked by it and somehow seeing beyond and through the details. Not because you're um, being ignor ignorant of them, but more that you are um, seeing beyond everything and th through it, in a way. So imagine um, everything that you're seeing, um, that your consciousness operates to find familiarity and make patterns out of that. And that pattern is like a textile, right? It's like a, let's say that the pattern looks like um, a floral print, you know, and um, that is printed on a, in, on a vinyl sheet. So what we're looking at is like masking everything in the infinite with these specific details of what you're looking for, right? So the high priestess isn't about negating all the information that's before you. It's about seeing more, seeing through it and not stopping there and understanding having like this discernment of like what's what um because also these um distinctions of like the size of the shirt you're wearing representing what kind of music you like for example which is something i notice sometimes you could you could see a lot through someone's expression you know of how they dress and that's different than like judgment like a judgment value on if they are a good person or not it's more like you just you have a little read you know and this is not this is not a um fixed image it's like a everything corresponds to a trail of different histories that come together for a moment so you know that because of your own life experiences and things you've seen and then uh, some of those things are derived from personal experiences and some of them are, are, are coming from things you know h historically about 
fashion or whatever, what, things you've read in magazines, things that other people have contributed to your education on what things look like in this world. Um, and with all of that information, you're able to not revisit the whole story and, and have to declare like this huge essay in your mind's eye before you say, oh, this means this. You're just, snap, it's done. So I think that the, the high priestess um, represents a higher consciousness, but it also represents subconsciousness to me. Um, so the subconscious, if we imagine, is, and I'm, I, I'm not licensed to use the metaphor of computers because I barely understand. I'm like a caveman. Like, I don't, I'm not good at, I'm not good at computers. <laughs> By that statement, I'm sure you're like, yeah, duh. Um, so we're like, our minds are in so many ways like a big computer, like a big cartoon computer that how I think computers work. <laughs> so we have on our little computer screen, we say, okay, um, uh, server, I'm trying not to say names of certain things, but okay, I'm looking for a picture of a dog, you know, you say that, and then seconds later, a picture of a dog shows up, right? You, and, and behind the scenes, there's like this huge, I'm going to say the word network, even though that's not my, I, I, I'm a writer, so if I was writing what everything I'm saying, I would put a word, I would say network with like a question mark and a squiggly line under it, because I'm like, come back to that, that's not the right word. But um, there's a huge network of things going on behind the screen. You know, there's a lot of algorithms and equations and little uh, pathways, like what we would call neuro pathways in the mind, that are bringing up all of that information. And the way it's getting that information is complex and beautiful and, and very detailed and takes a long time to explain and understand. Um, and that's not, that's not what we're completely thinking about when we're, uh, A, trusting our intuition or having a hunch. Um, that's not always a psychic experience, you know. It's sometimes, it's just the processing of your deeper computer being like these are the indicators that this person is not safe to be around I don't know what that voice is okay so and then you you're like ooh, I have a feeling I don't know why don't like him and then you're you'll feel it in your guts you know like it, your your bigger operating system will do all the math for you and then it'll bring you the condensed sort of pill of this is what's up and you could spend years in therapy figuring out what those processes really mean and how to like unpack them and rewire them but that's not what we're doing today I, I want to um, clarify that I believe that is going on but I also think there are some really uncanny things that happen under the high priestess. Like, and, and uh, believing, 
that that is, is, is an operating system that is most definitely happening when you're doing a reading or when you're just walking around your day. Um, on top of that, I believe there are some things out there that make no goddamn sense, you know? Um, you could say it's this or that, but sometimes it is just a divine synchronicity, and it adds up to what? Sometimes if you follow it, and it leads you where, you know? So, I don't know if you've ever heard of this book called Alice in Wonderland, <laughs> and uh, that's been especially like oh my god like in the 60s and like it's referenced so much in like psychedelia you know because it's it's such a trip like she's just like what's this I'm gonna eat this mushroom and get really high you know it's of course that was a very obnoxious interpretation of Alice in Wonderland but stay with me so um how is that like the high priestess one she follows the white, white rabbit, you know, there's something that compels her and she keeps seeing the white rabbit and this is sort of becomes a symbol of um, faith almost, like, I trust that when I see this white rabbit, I need to follow it and see where it leads me, you know, and um, the thing is, she the synchronicity of this white rabbit and following it, where does it bring her? You know, it's not like it brings it's this Alice in Wonderland story is not like Cinderella where it's just like, OK, you're a good girl. So this is going to happen and then you're going to be rich and famous and have a really hot husband. The end. It's more like. Oh, this trippy and comfortable experience has happened. I need to get out of here. Oh, there's the white rabbit I'll follow. And um, now I'm in having another weirder experience. And it goes on and on until she wakes up, you know. So that's a tricky thing about the high priestess. You, sometimes following synchronicity isn't always um, operating in the same needs as your ego or super ego saying like we were looking for the happy ending we're looking for the cash out um sometimes it's just a trippy experience and to me I feel annoyed with that because like I said before the high priestess um she reigns over um two romantic cards in the deck the the two of um wands and the two of cups so one thing I see that when people are falling in love, they, f they see synchronicities abound, you know? And they're like, oh, it's a sign. Like, this is definitely my person. Like, I always wanted to date Eric from The Little Mermaid, and his name is Eric. It's, like, so crazy, you know? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who the hell that's supposed to represent. But anyway, it's just... It's just... <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I'm sure it's happened to you before. Like, if you felt like, I'm falling, like, and then you start to pull out synchronicities because maybe your mind is looking for that program. Like, maybe something else is going on that is totally unexplainable. It's like a weird phenomenon. And what does it mean? Not every time people fall in love this way, they're like, 
some partner that they're gonna be with for all eternity. And I know it's a modern world, and that is an old idea, but I think it is heartbreaking for many people when that's not the case. You know, it's like, what the hell is even going on? Um, so, the High Priestess is, to me, a card of um, trusting a higher power and seeing her voice through synchronicity and seeing that there is, like, a strange wisdom that is beyond, it's, like, too giant to even comprehend. Just, like, that car that drove by, like, what the hell? It was so loud. Okay, so when I'm doing a reading, it's hard sometimes because, like I said before, people will, will, will sit down, and they'll just drop down their own baggage, like, immediately. So it's my job as a tarot reader to assess, like, what that looks like <laughs> real fast. And then immediately understand what I need to take from that, which is how to communicate with this person properly in a way that they'll understand. Because, yeah, we all speak English, but we, we kind of also don't. Like, we have, a, we have common words and, and uh, connotations around these words and language, but not everyone's really speaking the same language. Like, if you understand the subtleties of real communication, you know that um, to really understand someone or be understood by someone, you have to be on their level at some, in some kind of way, especially when you're talking about spiritual, emotional uh, matters. And especially when you're translating um, metaphorically what understand, like what cause, you know, needs for change are happening in someone's life. So you have to do, of course, you have to sort of assess who this person is and how they take in information and, and information that they may not be prepared to hear. And yeah, there's definitely some major bombs that will show up in readings that I don't tell them because for many reasons, like sometimes what, what good does it do? You know, it's not just laziness. Like I don't want to get yelled at. Sometimes it is, but it's also like, this isn't my place. You know, I don't need to be the one and it's, uh, not going to be received. So this is just where they're at with the story. Um, so I'm starting to touch into the magic of Tarot, which, um, which is only one part of it, really. But when people sit down as a stranger, like I said, I do a cold reading on them as they're so suspicious of and, and, and kind of vibe them out and say like, okay, this is information I can use to understand how to communicate basically. And that's what that's for. Um, I think there's a suspicion that a cold reading is like everything and like how to manipulate someone into believing what you're saying, but it's just how to manipulate someone into understanding what you're saying for me. <laughs> um, so 
you sit down with somebody and, um, of course, if you're feeling like a vibe of sadness or anger or desperation, that's just, uh, that's just a, another thing on the smorgasbord. You're like, okay, that's something I need to address here, but that's just a topical treatment. You're like, this is how they're feeling emotionally right now. And emotions are tides, you know, they're not the fiber of your entity. It's just a mood you might be in, in that hour, or even in that year, you know? So there's, that's a, that's a easy treatment that you can sort of click into place as you read. But here's the uncanny things. Like we blindly pull cards, we put them down and, uh, yeah, they'll be like exactly saying like, Oh, you have a lover in prison that you're, um, that you really miss, but it's breaking your heart, but there's nothing you could do. You just have to wait. And they'll like start getting choked up. Like, yeah, that's true. And it's like, where is that? What? How is that true? Why did I just have the gall to say that? And how am I so lucky that it's true? It's, um, it's coming from a completely different operating system. You know, everything I said before about the greater computer picking up all of the information around you constantly, that's all there too. But where is that space of the odds of that being true? Where, and the receptivity of it, it's not just hypnotism, you know, it's, it's real. Isn't that chilling? So, I believe that the high priestess, again, we imagine number two, the high priestess represents total unity, um, to me, it's, uh, there's this duality, right? The first part of it is total, infinite unity of everything being in um, connection. And the second part is the game of separation. The vehicles that we drive to divorce us ourselves from the connectivity of the all. And we do this as a game and an expression of the all in a sort of like maximalist splendor of like how much can we splinter and create and see and devour. And in that moment, we use this high priestess to take the vehicle and blindly pick the card. But we can't help but to pick it from a place of being divinely connected to all things, and I think that's what I think happens, but I don't know anything, I really don't, I, I mean, every time I do a reading, something comes out that I did not anticipate, and on top of that, often, I will do a reading that questions my interpretation of the world itself 
things will come out that I'm just like, I do not believe in this, but you were haunted by fairies. And they're like, I know I want to die. And I'm like, please don't. Um, but yeah, that's really intense. You were infected with like pixies. What? That's not something I believe in. Uh, now I do because I've seen it so many times that I'm like, this is a condition. Um, and if it weren't for the uh, joy of um, saying these crazy things to people and people being like, that's exactly right. Oh my God. Uh, you know, uh, that validation in my madness is, uh, is like, wow, there is definitely so much more than meets the eye. And I don't know where that goes, like how far I can chase the, the rabbit and it's never settled and it's never, it never totally finds order. You know, it doesn't ever, it doesn't ever find com complete completion. <laughs> it just keeps going into another mad tale. So the high priestess to me is a, a strong symbol of feminine intuition. And also, I think one other thing she represents to me is like dark matter. Like this dense, unseen thing that is like filling all the cracks and voids that has its own consciousness that can see all this other stuff. And we, um, for whatever reasons, choose not to see it. And it's perhaps like the, uh, the exact incarnation of the vehicle of the human body that maybe can't pick up those radio waves, you know. Maybe that's not how this little machine works. But I believe that we are greater than this physical machine. I think that we are a part of everything. And we often forget that. So the high priestess comes in and shows us something totally freaky. And we're like, what? How can that be? What does it mean? And it really just means that, like, we are bigger than we think we are. And as is the world. And maybe we're not divided from that. 